Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by Adam Blompier. All right. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm okay. How's I'm your right. week been? It's been okay. Uh, the world is a terrifying and sad place, yes. uh, and I am often sad. Um, but you know, it's fine. Generally, just been angry since for, for years. So you know, you you grow, you grow used to it. But doing some yoga. That helps. Been eating, you know, been cooking. Made a made a lovely ragu. Actually, tell you what, tell you what, the first attempt at the ragu was a little tasteless. So I heated it up, added a bit more hot chili powder, added a bit more paprika, a bit more salt and pepper. Second go around, and also reduced the sauce quite a lot more. A lot better. A oh, lot better. Yeah, that's key. Are you a Master Chef fan by any chance? I love Master Chef. Yes. So good. I haven't seen it in a while, um, uh, but I. Whenever I get into it, I get into it, uh, especially Celebrity MasterChef for some reason. I love it's starting up again soon. Ooh, ooh, oh, fantastic! Um, yes, no, yes, yes, that sounds <laughs> great. Because uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm into all sorts of that stuff. My partner isn't as much. Like my partner doesn't like Bake Off, so I haven't seen Bake Off in quite a while. Um, but like, yeah, Master, especially Celebrity MasterChef, was something I was definitely, definitely into. It just it makes me so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> time so i gotta make sure i've had like we tend to watch it over dinner so i kind of get really sad if i've made something bland while we're watching celebrity master chef <laughs> yeah me and my wife are big into master chef and uh great british menu and there was a period in time where they both overlapped this year so we were watching like we had master chef like four episodes of master chef a week and three episodes of uh great british menu it was wow. it was a glorious time we've now we don't have anything to watch anymore because both shows are over uh there's a show called uh, i think it's called final table on uh, netflix it's basically just yeah um your typical one chef gets eliminated every week but it's netflix so it's all you know snazzy big warehouse you know lasers and stuff um <laughs> it's 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 really fun is it american it is american oh, i can't get i can't get into american reality shows but like it's so what they've done is they the the 
hook of it is they've basically got like top chefs from like most famous culinary countries like there's chefs like from obviously from france uh there's one from the uk one from us there's uh one from mexico like there's they, they've, they've it's a proper they try to do like international and then every week um they do a, a like a, a signature dish of a different country so like the first week is uh the perfect the taco uh the mexican mm. taco uh, and then you get to see so many like proper high-end chefs try to do like various versions on like a staple thing like people are doing deconstructed tacos i think the one the one that won was like a sort of cricket taco like deep mm. fried crickets uh and like cactus like j- like jam it was really really cool um yeah lots of fun would recommend might check that out then. Uh, it and is you, very American, though. Uh, uh, and you should all check out this podcast that's just about to come up now with us talking about <laughs> Adam Cole possibly going to AEW uh, and the usual AEW WWE ratings war and your mailbag questions. Here is the show. Sorry, Luke. I'm fine. I'm having a, a great morning so far. Um, how how are you? I'm fine. I've watched a lot of Ducktales this morning, so I'm uh, I'm feeling very very good about myself. Yeah, we had a little chat this morning before we started recording about all about the Ducktales cinematic universe. I'm <laughs> personally more of a Darkwing Duck fan myself. Um, I have a a a picture that a friend of mine drew of Darkwing Duck just uh, on my wall, but you can't oh, see it. Amazing. But uh, Oh, he, he's it's the best it's the best well when there's trouble you call dw um and perhaps listen to this for a segue aew will be picking up the phone to adam cole yes, it's basically there um this partly comes in from a mailbag question we had from king chad who said i'd like to hear your thoughts on the speculation regarding adam cole jumping ship to aew while cole certain while cole certainly isn't in a secure and strong position in nxt what is his ceiling isn't there a possibility that when he inevitably jumps to the main roster he'll suffer the same fate as previous call-ups triple h can't protect them all seems to me uh, his career potential is much greater working with the elite than the hashtag three-week push on raw so this does come from uh and this is speculation we don't want to say like this is not a no one's saying this like dave Meltzer's wrestling observer newsletter has got nothing about cole in this regard but there is some speculation that adam cole's contract is up in august and wrestling inca reporting he's yet to resign with the company and there and so wrestling inc claiming there are rumors are starting to circulate about his next destination according to wrestling inc sources they're saying adam cole has two options one would he would uh, resign with the company and get called up to the main roster or two go elsewhere which i think i mean i don't think you need sources to work that one out um mm. Yeah, uh, and we've seen Matt Riddle be announced for the main roster. He's heading to SmackDown. Our own Louis Dangor uh, has exclusively reported that Dijak, Donovan Dijak, is heading to Raw. Uh, and Chelsea Green is also heading up to the main roster, although we don't know where we are at the moment. And I think Wrestling Inc. are also reporting that Io Shirai and Velveteen Dream are also getting called up to the main roster soon. But we're working with our sources to see if there's any uh, truth to, to those reports so on the adam cole situation what, what do you where do you stand on it i think uh 
to use WWE as a launch pad would be McQuackers. And I just, I've, I've tried to, I've trying to work a DuckTales reference. I've been thinking, <laughs> it's like watching you speak, being like, how can I? WWE would be a Scrooge if they didn't mm. give him more money. I mean, you uh, did go with the best character, so kudos so, to you. The, the, the binding glue that links Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. And Amazing. of course, Gizmo Duck. Yes. Um, who I believe appears also in Darkwing Duck. But um, uh, well, like, I, I think I think us speculating on it is probably good because us speculating on it is what Adam Cole probably wants. So Adam Cole can, sh- you know, show WWE. Oh, look at all these reports of me going to AEW. Can I have some more money, please? Uh, I don't think Adam Cole's going anywhere personally. Uh, I mean, I we. I know nothing of the situation, but um, he's he spent a year as NXT champion. I think it's fairly clear that WWE uh, see something in him. I know that, um, you know, like main roster guys, uh, if you have people go to the main roster from NXT, that's not a guaranteed level of success. But I, I would say mo- more NXT champions than not succeed on the main roster. Obviously, you got... Um, Seth Rollins, um, Biggie took the scenic route, but he's there. Um, Bo Dallas, no, that's true. Uh, Finn Finn Balor did did pretty well. Sammy Samoa Zane. Joe did pretty well. Did, did, but did oh. Balor do well? Like he, <laughs> like he had his universal title, you know, twenty four hour period. He had his cane run before he had to drop the belts for um. But it wasn't know, the, injury. It was it wasn't designed as a cane run. No. No, but then like, and then he, you know, was mid Carter for 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 life. After that, um, Sammy and Owens are also mid Carters for 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 life. Owens is not a mid Carter for life. Oh. They almost they almost whacked the WWE Championship on him at Race WrestleMania before Kofi Mania took hold. Don't don't you give me that. I, I like I I don't know. I it, it's for for me. I I I doubt it. Um, I. I agree. Like he's he's not the archetypical guy that gets pushed on the main roster, um, but he he does also have the biggest catchphrase in wrestling. Um, I I think you know there's there's plenty of merch bucks in in Adam Cole just simply just baby uh, shirts. Like I I don't see WWE wanting to give him up at all like there are you know there's already rumors of them making offers to guys that they've let go because they just don't want them like they 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 really want to angle working for aew like that he can't go anymore but they're so desperate to not have him be associated with that brand they're going to throw money at him and i absolutely believe that's going to be the thing with with cole as well yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that one. I, I, as much as I'd quite like to see Cole in AW, obviously his girlfriend Britt Baker is over there. I just had to quickly Wikipedia what the state because I've I've always referred to him as girlfriend, and some people correct me saying that they're married, but according to Wikipedia, they're not. So I'm going to go with that as the the, the all knowing source. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, his girlfriend is there in AEW, but yeah, I, I kind of see him as a WWE guy now. And I don't think that he could go across to AEW. Maybe this is the, it's the Randy Orton thing we had last year, where Orton spent a few months posting on social media that he's negotiating with AEW, effectively, you know, posting up photos of him with the elite and, and you know, in sort of hotels and stuff. 
And then, yeah, Tony Khan effect effectively confirmed saying that he was just playing both sides against each other. He went to AEW to negotiate a contract with them so he could take it to WWE and be like, look at the money they're offering me. Can I have more? And WWE said, yeah, of course you can. Um, yeah, it's the oldest trick in the book. Oh, speaking of which, Sean Ross Sapps offered me 50k a year to work for Fightful, just to let you guys know uh, my contract is up in August. So just awesome. that's just something to think about. He really, he really likes you know my presentational style. Cool. Uh, I just need to message Ollie about something unrelated, but uh, cool. I just need to quickly send. Hashtag the dong lord for love. <laughs> you wouldn't want to work with Sean. Mm, like, I mean, I don't want to work for Sean, but working with Sean, kind of like <laughs> give give Fightful the uh, the rebrand it so sorely needs. Like, I'm, I'm more than happy. Fightful semicolon in need of a likable personality. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I love Sean, really. What's, um, what's one more smarmy white guy, eh? <laughs> that's the that's the way brands succeed. Just slap slap a bit of me on there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I, I I can't see Cole going up, even if his contract is up in August. I I could definitely see him re-signing. And you know, like you 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 mean you said there, like Cole has got a lot of marketable ability about him, particularly just even around Bay Bay T-shirts, but just the undisputed era as a whole. Like if there's one thing that has been sort of like proven over time with WWE is if you introduce a faction in a cool debut angle, they will get massively over. The Nexus got massively over because they had a like they were a team of nobodies and Wade mm. Barrett, and they got over like Rover because they were debuted in a really cool angle. The Shield, as outside of Rollins, like Ambrose, you could argue had some traction because he had some fans of his from CZW, but like no one knew who the heck Roman Reigns was. But all three of them became massive stars off the back of them taking that group seriously and pushing them as a legit thing. You can do that with Undisputed Era and sell a boatload of merchandise off the back of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I, I think they put, pulling them all up at the same time like does make me a little scared for for what they'll <laughs> leave behind in NXT. Just like, oh no, where did everybody <laughs> go? Um, but I. They called up uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and um, Becky Lynch all at the same time. And then they were like, oh, no, our women's division. We have no one left. <laughs> oh, uh, we've got Asuka. And oh, no. Oh, no. Bailey, you better stay here. You need to. Uh, I, I think I would rather see uh, you all go up at the same time and have a proper main roster run as a, as a faction. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Because I think there is, um, you, yes, the shock the system t-shirts to be sold, damn it. And I think it would, it would sort of, it would essentially give them a hard reset. Like they, they've, their chemistry is still so on point. Like their, their promos from uh, last night's, no, Wednesday's NXT was really, really good. Just them mm. being dicks in a restaurant during a pandemic as well, which I didn't realize when I first watched it, but they're in a restaurant in a pandemic being assholes. <laughs> it's really great. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of mileage on them as hot scumbag but incredibly uh, talented heels. Um, like obviously with the reports of Dream 
going up to the main roster. I don't think it's I don't think it's yet. I think there is there there's going to be a there's got to be a change in NXT champion first. And I think we know who that's going to be, or at least I know who I hope it's going to be. And Do you he think is limitless. He is limitless. <laughs> who is he? Who's that man I see? Rhetorical question, because we all know the answer is Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very rhetorical. Um, yeah, and Io Shirai going up, I can certainly see being the case, because like, I mean, I've, for my NXT predictions, I wasn't part of the uh, that predictions video, because I'm not a mark. So, um, I, But I have done my Wrestle League predictions, where uh, I have predicted for uh, Charlotte Flair to retain. Um, I'm not a mark, Luke <laughs> Owen. <laughs> 2020 um <laughs> uh, i've picked uh Rhea for for that because yeah i i also i think charlotte's gonna lose for the same reason that i think a lot of people picked io shirai but i think they're gonna put it on Rhea and then maybe put it back on charlotte anything to edge closer to to 16 you know mm, i know I see, I see where you're going with that uh no i'm i'm actually thinking flair's gonna have the belt until mania next year and then you have uh perhaps Rhea win it off her then <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I, just, I just felt like someone walked over my grave there for a second. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that I keep putting these sort of terrible ideas out into the ether. And like, I, I was the one who said, yeah, I think Goldberg might beat The Fiend for the uh, Universal Championship to have a match with Reigns at WrestleMania. And, you know, we nearly had that. Thank to you. Thank you for putting that energy into the world. You're very welcome. Um and yeah, I've also got Cole to retain as well over the Velveteen Dream. I just don't see Dream as NXT champion, but I can see Dream heading up to that main roster if the, these reports to be, uh, are to be believed. And I could certainly see Dijak being one of the people to answer Apollo Cruz's US challenge that he's doing. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be a great match. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, speaking of AEW and NXT, AEW on TNT this week averaged 730,000 viewers, which is down 11, nearly 12% from the previous week. And NXT came close, but they averaged 715,000 viewers for the TakeOver In Your House Go Home show. Uh, overall, uh, broadly, sort of, what were your, your thoughts on this week's NXT? I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I, I've heard some criticisms of it and I know that it, like something that me and Pete have, have spoken about before is that it, it, it's general booking style seems to have changed a bit. Um, it does have a few more main roster tropes than it used to, a few, a few more frenetic brawls, a few more disqualifications, a few more singles matches, which set up tag, tag matches player. Um, but hang on a second. Let's see if it's still online. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's a sad day when you have to download this gift to use in an NXT review podcast. Yeah. Uh, not that I don't like Teddy Long, but, you know. Um, I I, th I thought it was, a, like, it made me hyped to, to really hyped to watch the pay, uh, the the special show uh which is all you can ask of a go home show really there was uh, there was a really good uh video package with um velveteen dream and the undisputed era there was a three-way really good package uh for the women's triple threat um johnny gargano uh hit <laughs> keith lee in the eyes with his car keys um there are you know a couple of good matches like um obviously the drake maverick um depending on 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 where you stand uh the drake maverick stuff is either incredibly compelling telly or incredibly gross telly 
and to be honest it's somewhere in the middle but uh the matches are very very good uh and yeah like it's Brizango returned as sexy astronauts <laughs> you can't like, you can't I, I i really like nxt um i don't like nxt even a quarter as much with with no fans i i feel i miss the fans more on nxt than i do on the main roster yeah for sure and it's it's very weird to see a bunch of nxt developmental people uh in the crowd you know because it's it's so it's so weird to have like because I, the, the part of the joy of NXT is the fact that everyone is like everyone's so enthusiastic about everyone. Whereas the this new uh, kind of piped in, uh, you know, hire a crowd has they're they're booing all the heels and cheering all the faces, and it makes me just feel like, oh, you guys, are, oh, you guys are marks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, let's dive in to the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount. And uh, yeah, and then you just leave your comment in the community tab uh, labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose it. I'm not good at my job. I'm not asking Fightful uh, for a, a bigger contract offer. Uh, <laughs> first up, Dre Smith says, hey, guys, thank you so much for the content. I didn't watch a single piece of wrestling after Jinder versus Randy Orton in the Punjabi uh, prison match. And I didn't return until a video my little brother sent me of a link to your news that literally got me back into wrestling. Sorry about all that, but I just wanted to ask, when you took a break from wrestling, do you remember why? And if it's a match, do you remember the match or the wrestling scene at the time? I do. I know exactly what it was when I took my break. Go on. Raven lost his loser leaves WWE match against Tommy Dreamer. That was one of them. I remember reading that on WWE.com being like, nah, I think I'm done now. But really, the match was it was Hogan winning the Undisputed title in 2002, where I was like, nah, and I'm done. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was watching it then. I, I think I kept watching a little bit longer because I remember I was still around. So I, I, I've, I've left wrestling twice. Um, I let I, I think i kept what made me what made me come back both times punk made me come back the second time i remember that um and then the time before that i think it was ray mysterio made me come back um the first time like his um world heavyweight um stuff i was like oh that's cool so i came back around wrestlemania 22 um I, but i left before cena so i can't remember when i i think i left around about the time I think it was around the time Brock and Goldberg did their thing. And I was just mm. like, that's really weird. Um, and yeah, I think it, it wasn't like, I don't think I was even mad at WWE either. Like, I don't think there was a thing that made me just like put down my pencil and just go, no, 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 I'm done now. Um, I think it was just a case of like in 2004, I was just, I was getting into my A-levels and I was just like, I don't have, t I don't have time don't have time for this um and so yeah i left for a few years came back with ray mysterio i always watch the rumble every year like i've, I've never missed a royal rumble it's the, the greatest and then i i left uh, i i think probably around 2000 i think john cena umaga was like i was like ah oh, i think i'm done here again so i only stuck around for like a year i saw the, <laughs> saw the whole john cena stuff and i was just like Oh, everyone's booing the, the champion all the time. This is this sucks. And then I left again. And then yeah, that was a long break. Um, came back uh, with Punk. So I I I did manage to miss uh, 2009 and 2010 though. Oh so no! Lucky lucky me. <laughs> awful awful years. Oh, it was bad. Um, Manaraj says, hey guys, uh, commentators often put over that no one has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel, except for Ibushi years ago in DDT, I believe. This leads to my question. What other finishes can you think of that have been treated the same way? The pedigree would be my answer. It's a very, very protected move. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I just don't remember. Yeah, there's so many cases of people just not kicking out of it forever. Um who was it? It was um, Dolph Ziggler was knocked unconscious by the pedigree at Survivor Series 2014 for, I believe, like 12 minutes or something. 
fucking crazy. Uh, obviously, you have the Booker T being pinned after 23 seconds. Uh, Daniel Bryan was like knocked out for five minutes at the end of SummerSlam when they did the cash in. The pedigree man kills people. It's so it's devastating. <laughs> it's a real world ender. Uh, I hmm. The KO punch is quite sadly protected. Mm. Um, I think the jackhammer uh is also well or you know the version of the jackhammer that goldberg does nowadays a suplex <laughs> even um, when it's just a suplex it's still devastating though yeah right it's it's the it's the way he it's the way he lifts them up and then drops them yeah it's the way he uh, clumsily puts them down the ko punch man that's that's uh, like i can't remember people kicking out of that it's yeah that's a good answer. A couple of really depressingly protected moves. Uh, well, Ali Adder has got a few predictions for us, uh, one of which is that Matt Riddle's first feud is going to be with King Corbin because Corbin pinned him at Survivor Series and also eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Is that true? Did Corbin also eliminate him at Survivor Series? Good Lord. Man. Dearie me. Uh, and uh, his other prediction is that Lana is going to interrupt between Bobby and Drew, costing Bobby the match that's going to lead to a divorce. And prediction four, Corey Graves is the hacker. Uh, he says, keep up the good work. Is there another way for me to donate while Quizzlemania is live? Because in Pakistan, we don't get the option to donate via Super Chat to be safe and healthy. You can... Do it via... Uh, no, not that one. You can do it... No, not that one. You can do it via this. <laughs> WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. And you can uh, get it through there. Uh, you can, Yes, you can leave a super chat from that. Thank you very much for also dropping in a Rainmaker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of predicted as well that Matt Riddle's first feud is going to be with King Corbin or it's going to be with Dolph Ziggler because Dolph Ziggler is kind of the, the NXT call-up measuring stick. Everyone feuds mm. with Ziggler when you first go up. Um and and Alp Corbin because I I forgot about the Survivor Series thing, but yeah, he did also eliminate him from the Royal Rumble. I do I don't want to remember Ziggler Nakamura's feud. I don't want to remember it. It was oh, oh man, oh man. But was it, was it? But was it worse than the Bobby Roode feud? Oh, with, who did he feud with first? Was it Sami Zayn first? No, it was um, Dolph Ziggler. Was it really? Because Ziggler was all about his flashy entrances thing. It should have been him. <laughs> oh man! Um, like who? I know who I want him to to feud with first. I'd really like him to feud with Shinsuke Nakamura first. That would be nice. Let them just kick each other to death, or you know, have him feud with Daniel Bryan or Drew Gulak or or, or Cesaro. How about Cesaro? He's on SmackDown. Not not the King. Play- I was. Oh. I'm surprised that they didn't just put him into the IC title tournament. Like, if you want to establish someone, just putting him in that tournament and having him win, like, that already establishes him on the main roster, and he's got a title, and he can then defend that title, and then go into a feud with Sami Zayn when Sami is back in. Like, that's there's there's ready-made stuff for him there, as opposed yeah. to feuding with, with Corbin. Um, Owen says, uh, first thing I want to say uh, to Luke that as a longtime listener and a humongous uh, basketball fan, I'm not offended by you not knowing much about the sport. Thank you very much, Helen. Um, that was in reference to someone uh, has tweeted me to say that they're not watching the show anymore because I don't know enough about basketball. What? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my question is... <laughs> Buckets. Uh, what if WWE expand the Brock Lesnar treatment to all of their champions where they don't wrestle any TV matches? They can wrestle dark matches to send fans home happy when fans can attend shows again, and they're still on TV, but they don't wrestle. They will, however, always wrestle on pay-per-view events, bash like, uh, Backlash, Extreme Rules, SummerSlam, and so on. So yeah, so could you see? He, he adds, I imagine this idea won't be uh, popular with most, but I feel that the idea that the champions and their matches will feel more special as these events, uh, where they currently feel like extensions of Raw and SmackDown. I think you're getting towards the right idea. Uh, I I don't. I think I think Raw. I think the uh, sponsors of the show might be a little upset if the champions never wrestle on the weekly TV. Um, like I do get it. Like um, obviously, like you had um, way back when you had shows like Superstars, um, where you know, like the you know the champs would occasionally appear, but more often than not, you know, you would save. Um, you know, Hogan wrestling for something like Saturday night's main event or or something like that. Um, and I, I do I think that generally speaking, there needs to be more Brock Lesnar style booking around champions, especially mid-card champions. I feel like they like especially with Drew, I think they're they're booking Drew really nicely. I'm really happy with the way they're doing that. But I think they are having the um the secondary champions uh getting involved in main roster feuds way way too much and i think that completely devalues a lot of the secondary and tag team titles um and like i think more i don't think it's a case of keeping champs off telly i think it's just a case of having clearer divisions uh keeping um characters within those divisions locking certain people in divisions for a while uh making divisions feel distinct and thereby making the champion of that division feel more of uh, a big deal hmm. Chris Gardner says, um, I've got a crowd-related question. Yay boo spots are always fun to me when the crowd gets involved, but I was thinking about it, uh, none in particular from history, but as I was thinking about it, none from particular uh, from history spring to mind. Can you guys remember a really good yay boo spot that helped build hype for the crowd? It's a simple spot, and it's easily a safe way to start building the pace of a match back up after a period of downtime. I don't know if you really could cla uh, classify it as yay boo. It's more yay yay. But uh, Nakamura Sami Zayn at Takeover Dallas uh, is one of my favourite two lads punching each other for ages uh, mm. set pieces in the history of wrestling. It's just so wonderful. Um, I mean, Cena does them with everybody. Yeah, he loves a yay boo spot. He does. I, I think they're great, like, especially because like Cena knows that he's probably going to get booed half the yeah. time. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, I can't think of any, aside from the one you just said then, which I actually forgot about, I can't think of any specific examples of like a really good yay boo spot. It's not a yay boo spot, but do you remember the, I think it was from the pre-show of WrestleMania 33 or 34. I can't remember, but it was uh, Ali versus um, Cedric. Cedric Alexander. And instead of yay boo, they were shouting heart and soul at each other. <laughs> yeah, do you remember? That's, that's cute. <laughs> heart. So, no, no, no. Not the crowd. The crowd weren't chanting it. The wrestlers were chanting it at each other. Oh, oh, I don't remember. Oh, that, that's... Do you not remember it? No. It's amazing. No. <laughs> oh, my God. It's uh, one of the worst cases of like 
incredibly cringy booking and like agenting yeah no I, I, there was there was like on opposite sides of the rings and like one was the heart of uh 205 live and one was the soul of 205 live and they started shouting heart soul heart at each other and it's just like my boys i'm i'm so sorry i'm so sorry if they've done this to you i completely misremembered that then because like, i mean i don't even remember them doing a yeah boo spot but yeah like you say me that the crowd would get shining heart and soul i was like well that's quite cute the wrestlers on the other hand doing it is not quite so cute that's actually that was quite bad. Um, Matt's Netic Field says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, Adam, Pete, and the Wrestle Talk team. Apparently, in an interview with VP Show, Darren Young mentioned that uh, there were plans for the Nexus to return at WrestleMania 36 this year, but due to the outbreak, those plans were scrapped. Just imagine the pop. How would you book the reformation, and would you have all of the original members or not? No, I'm I'm okay without seeing Ryback on my TV again. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I I, I, I think the days of the Nexus might be done. To be honest, the problem is like yeah, you don't none of the only one member of the Nexus, uh, one one member of the Nexus can probably get by on a return spot, and one member of the Nexus is still taken seriously to this day. Um, you know, like I. Do, do remember that the original Nexus was made up of David Otunga, Heath Slater, um, Michael you know, Tarver, Michael Tarver, um, Skip Sheffield. Like nothing against these guys as athletes, obviously, but they've just been—it's been so long that they've been booked as irrelevant in WWE that it is going to be difficult to kind of take them seriously as like a hype-worthy force. I think maybe what people like people talking like a rebranded Nexus. It's just like if you're going to do a faction, just come up with a new faction like nexus has got baggage it yeah. became the core you don't want it to be like the core, <laughs> the core with two r's i'll be around the days good lord um callum after cody said that anyone in aew can answer the tnt challenge uh do you think we'll see someone from new japan answer uh, and who would you like to see answer mine would be akada osprey or joey ryan I Ooh. definitely cannot seeing it being a carder. Like I feel like that's too big of a match to just have as a TNT Championship match. I feel like having a carder in AEW feels like that should be a pay per view main event uh, mm. for like All Out or something. Um, but yeah, you know, Ospre- you know, he'd be a great champion if he wasn't retired. Shibata, he'd be just a oh. perfect TNT champion. Yeah, good old Shibata. Um, Osprey's a good shout though, and Joey Ryan would be a lot of fun as well. Um, but yeah, who else would that? I'd love for Sammy Callahan to answer. I think that'd be great, especially like yeah. you know, thinking of people from Impact. Um, uh, I think they, they, Flip they, Gordon from Flip Ring Gordon. of Honor. They, they they still got the working relationship with AAA, right? So they could bring in some of those big guys. Um, is is Tejano still a big deal in AAA? Like AAA, I know nothing about, uh, and I don't want to pretend like I do, but I know that he was a big deal in Lucha Underground. So. Like, hmm. he, he seems like a when like Jeff Cobb when is Jeff yeah. Cobb still with AEW? Well, he, he did. You know, he just did one show, but apparently he's all like in contract limbo at the moment. Um, but I think he he likely will go work with Ring of Honor again. Are you thinking about it? Because like obviously you've you know you, you could we could do with the exposure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after I saw that Simon Miller was thinking about it, I was like, well, why not me then? You know, I mean, he's got actual training and has got a, a good physique, but and but I'm bald, you know, so yeah, exactly. I, I, I could also answer. Um, 
what you should do is you should answer for Simon Miller, set up the match, and then just send him. <laughs> and um, split the winner's purse 50-50. Uh, Abhiram uh, said, uh, I'm typing this up right before the fan appreciation live stream wearing my support WrestleTalk screw coronavirus shirt. And I just want to tell you guys how much I love you. Now on to less important stuff. Do you think Murphy should take Seth's old burn it down theme? No. Yeah, I'm also going to say no on that one as well. I think them coming out as a group. Yeah, I think them coming out as a group to Seth's music makes more sense. Yeah, if you're a faction... Everyone has the faction music. That's mm. that's how that goes. Uh, Austin Tussie says, do you think the inner circle are on the verge of becoming a babyface team? They keep doing fun segments like Bubbly Bunch and the Pep Rally. Everyone enjoys these the same way they did Jericho and Kevin Owens segments. If people enjoy and laugh at these segments and give them face reactions, are they really heels anymore? It's the old NWO curse of like you become cool heels and people start to cheer you, but you are still heels. You're just heels that are being cheered. Uh, I think if anyone treads that line like better than anyone else, I think in the business it's Chris Jericho. Um, like they're 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 obnoxious. They uh, they are funny. They are you know I like having them on my TV screens. Um, but then you know they they know uh, when to muck around and when to do something very very serious. I think generally speaking, let's not view this period of wrestling history as too canon you know like because you know you saw jericho right he had um a little bit of the bubbly and then he stabbed john moxley in the eye and then he did the the bubbly bunch because these shows need to be fun because nothing in the world is fun right now um and then when wrestling returns yeah we'll probably see uh the inner circle be a little bit more serious but it's just like don't, don't worry about it don't worry about it it's as make the tv good please especially now uh, i've just had a message from pete as well so you can rest easy adam it looks like dominion is going to win the patreon poll for wrestle talk extra which means good. they won't have to rely on you to come on and talk about wcpw fight back i i not nothing against wcpw i really don't want to see myself cut a promo again <laughs> Uh, Dylan from Cork says, Orange Cassidy might be my favorite wrestler in the world right now. I get so much enjoyment watching his matches and always get excited when he appears on screen. Fun fact for you, Dylan, and for you, Adam. In The Observer this week, Meltzer said that the the segment in which Orange Cassidy rolled back into the ring for the end of the Battle Royal last week did over a million viewers. Um, Orange Cassidy is a draw. Um, Funny, don't make <laughs> money, so they say. Um, what are some of your dream matches for Orange Cassidy? Opponents could be from any promotion. One match I would pay good money to see is Orange Cassidy versus Walter. Oh, that's the thing. I think you want you want to see Orange Cassidy versus people who look like they'll clean their teeth with Orange Cassidy. Uh, or, I mean, dream match? Oh, Cassidy versus Brock. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just want to see the kind of stuff that him and Paul Heyman and Brock would would cook up. I think that would be just amazing. We nearly got my dream match uh, over WrestleMania weekend before everything kicked off, which was going to be Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki. We nearly got that match. Oh, I'd, oh, I'd love to see him work with Suzuki. That'd be amazing. That'd be so good. He'd be a great TNT champion. Mm. Uh, or Suzuki or Cassidy? Suzuki. I mean, <laughs> Cassidy, Cassidy as well. Um, I, I mean... Maybe they have done this and I just haven't seen it. Uh, and if they have, please do link it to me. Cassidy versus Toriano 
uh, would also be a lot of fun because that is two very very silly gimmicks doing that yeah. they would have very very silly gimmicks like the match between cassidy and colt cabana is so fun and like cassidy versus jarvis is is incredible because they're comedy wrestlers doing amazing comedy so yeah so i'd like to say if they have done with toriano please let me know in the comments and send me a link to it how about orange cassidy versus cheeseburger is like an all oh. an all produce uh, <laughs> match <laughs> love it um uh, dylan also adds as well lastly on a side note i just want to say that i love the support uh, each other q a stream on monday it's been a stressful time for me at work recently but my rest talk family never fails to put a smile on my face i'm incredibly proud to be such a uh, be part of such a fantastic community i suffer from borderline personality disorder which can be overwhelming at times but whenever i'm listening to the rest talk podcast or watching your videos it all allows me to forget my problems for a while Thank you very much, Dylan. We really appreciate all of your support, man. Hope you're doing well. And Ashleen as well. Uh, Matthew Flynn, actually, Ashleen's got a question in this mailbag as well. Matthew Flynn says, hey, guys, I've been watching since Ollie was on his lonesome. Finally became a patron after listening to the Invasion podcast that you put out on Monday. Great stuff. Can you see Kevin Owens getting back into the main event scene of WWE or maybe go to AEW in a few years? Well, apparently he's mid-card for life. Dude, all I'm saying is that like he won twice at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins, and they had no plans for him after that. But Seth Rollins, on the he other hand, got injured at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, but like, but, okay, and he's come back, and what's he done since? He's tagged with Apollo to further Apollo storyline. But like, <laughs> what I mean, and like Seth Rollins, on the other hand, who lost twice at WrestleMania, had a WWE Championship match at the next pay per view. Like, they clearly had plans for Seth. And no plans for uh, for Owens. He'll be world champ again. You mark my words. I'll make it happen. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how. Uh, Lynn says, hi, everyone. As June is my third month of being a pledge champ, I'm still new to Wrestle League, in which I'm currently doing quite well. Yay for me. Uh, my question is, in the list of player standings, it's my uh, it's naming me as my real name, not my username that I use for everything. Is there a way I can change it that I haven't figured out yet? I would email andy at wrestletalk.com about uh, all Wrestle League stuff. Uh, and she adds, thank you uh, for the PS4 game suggestion last week, Adam. I'm constantly dying while playing the first Uncharted, but I'm dying less now than when I got it yesterday. Oh, great. Oh, man. If you if you like the first Uncharted game, <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat. Because uh, from two onwards, they are uh, just a regular game of the year. They are spectacular. Fun fact for you, I've only finished the first one. Luke, uh, play yes, more mate. video games. Well, no, I, I have. I did start the second one. Um, I just, I just it, didn't get very far into it. It's, but it's why it starts so it, well. It's, but it's. Uh, but here's the thing, though. Like, it, I think the Uncharted. I, I've said this about Breaking Bad as well to Ollie because I've only just started watching Breaking Bad. You know, ten years after it finished or whatever it is, and. I think actually now in 2020, the show is fine. But if you'd watched it when it first aired, then it would have been like, oh my God, this is a groundbreaking TV show that is just like changing the game for everything. But now now watching it with sort of 10 other years of other great television, it does seem like every other TV show. And I think the same with Uncharted. Like I'm playing Uncharted in the year 2019, many, many years after the game had come out. And now it just seems fine. Like, it's good. I don't get me wrong, it's good. But I think if I'd have played them at the time, I might have enjoyed them more. I think that holds up definitely more for Uncharted. I do think Breaking Bad, like, once you get into, like, end of three, season four, becomes, like, I think, gold standard telly from, like, that would hold up to any 
uh, thing. I think the first maybe season or two. Uh, actually, I, I don't know. First season's great. Season two dip. Third season, fourth season, and then by the time, and then at that point, you're just you're just in. You're just in it. I think a little bit like the wire in that regard. Just like there comes a point where you just be like, oh, this is my life now. I have to watch all of this all the time. Um, but yeah, like I, hmm, okay, Luke, okay. <laughs> it's no Doom. I can tell you that much. Uh, Dylan still haven't played. Still haven't played Doom Eternal. Yeah, me neither, mate. Not played that. Not played the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I'm I'm way behind on things, uh, massively at the moment. Uh, PS Plus, PS Plus wise, I've just downloaded um, uh, Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. So I'm looking forward to dipping into that. And then yes, I have to I have to get off the pot and f- play The Last of Us again because the second one's coming out, and I got to play that when it comes out because otherwise everyone will spoil the rest of it for me. I <laughs> board board get you know video games are an obligation. <laughs> <laughs> never never forget that uh dylan says hey guys long time listener uh, and your newest pledge hammer my first mailbag question what wrestler made a strong first impression on you uh and he talks about how he was at a independent show and saw a, a wrestler that like he was super impressed with and thought he was doing an amazing heel work and that turned out to be mjf who's now one of the best heels in aew so if you went to a independent show and saw uh, a wrestler that made like a really strong first impression of you where you're like oh they're gonna be a big deal um, I mean, for me, it was Keith Lee. It was seeing Keith Lee at Rev Pro yeah. and being like, oh, this dude is amazing. He should be a world champion in a major company. Yeah. Uh, I remember we had him on, I think as, I think the first time we had Keith Lee on was part of the WCPW World Cup. And the main event match between him and Ricochet was just... Whew, yeah, yeah. Like, phenomenal. And just, yeah, I remember after that show, I just went up to him and said, hello, you're my new favorite wrestler now. And he went, ah, thank you very much. And then I, and then I immediately walked away because, because I, was, I was intimidated by, by Keith Lee. One of my uh, favorite poster show, ma- uh, show memories is me and Ollie hanging out with Keith Lee after Avengers Infinity War had come out. And it was just us sharing a drink and just geeking out over how good the film was. <laughs> I want I to do that. <laughs> Uh, Flaming Live says, Hey Adam, I want to say thank you for all that you do. In mid 2015, my mother died from suicide and she was my mental support net as I too was suicidal. Your videos on what culture kept me going through uh, my time of grieving, and I wanted to say that with all due respect, you are one of the greatest people I know in life. If it wasn't for your cheerful attitude and charismatic personality, I probably wouldn't be here right now. So, again, thank you for everything. Oh, you're really welcome. Well, I like the, the sort of preface, prefacing that with all due respect made me a little bit on edge there for a second because that normally comes before saying something bad. But uh, that, that's you're welcome. Of course, you, you're welcome. Um, mailbag question from uh, Flaming Live. Uh, there has always been something I've wanted to know. If you had a time machine and could do anything you want uh, that wouldn't change the timeline, crucially, uh, what would you do? I'd like to go see Frank Sinatra in concert. Tell myself to eat better and work out more. Hmm. I, yeah, I've I've had this question sort of asked previously. Like, if you, so like if you could go to any gig from history, what gig would you go to? And my answer is always uh, Nirvana at Reading '92 would uh, probably be uh, that would probably be my answer because I've got that I've got that on DVD that show and I listen to that live album a lot and I mm. wish I, and I you know bearing in mind I live in Reading uh, I I wish I could have been there but I, I was too young I uh, wish I could have seen Queen in concert like yeah. 
that would have been just phenomenal um like slightly slightly less but still like i wish i could have seen scissor sisters in concert before before they broke up um if i could go back to Time Machine and could do anything. I've just pulled up like the the Reading '92 uh, card that they had, and like on that day, it was uh, on that day it was Nirvana, Nick Cave, Mud Honey, L7, uh, the Melvins would have been an absolutely amazing day. Um, and yeah, on the Saturday, Public Enemy were the headlining act. Manx Street Preachers, Smashing Pumpkins, Rollins Bands. Oh man, what a great what a great weekend that would have been. <laughs> what were you doing that weekend in real life? So, I mean, bank holiday uh, of 1992. God, I have no idea. I mean, I would have been six. Um, so probably playing Mega Drive because I, I got my I got my Mega Drive for Christmas 91. So probably, yeah, probably, probably shaving playing. your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was very bald at a very young age. <laughs> I um if I if I could go back in in time I love these kind of questions I would like to go back and watch Empire Strikes Back in the cinema when it first came out be part of like one of the greatest twists reveals mm -hmm. of all time you know stuff like that just like little cultural things um I oh, what else what else hmm. Yeah, there's, there's actually quite a few because like you, you mentioning that there's always a picture that gets shared around on the internet a lot of uh, my favorite cinema in the world the prince charles cinema of them doing uh, i think it was either the premiere or like a very special showing of evil dead when that first came out oh like the big i got like the evil dead written up on the marquee and everything and that always just looks amazing like i'd have yeah love to have seen that because it's such a beautiful cinema uh, and seeing the evil i mean i've seen the evil dead there since but uh i don't think it's quite the same as seeing it at at the time of release mm um nicholas walton says if you could have one legendary independent tag team join the aew tag ranks from this list who would it be the american wolves motor city machine guns steen erico or the kings of wrestling it's between it's, two and four that's what i i when i first read this question i was like oh it's clearly the motor city machine guns but then i was like oh but also hero and claudio that'd be mm. that'd be amazing to have the kings of wrestling back yeah but i do love the machine guns i okay well you can go with machine guns if you want because I, I think i'm gonna go with kings of wrestling mostly just for yeah to have to have cesaro doing to oh, cesaro. So, like for me like cesaro and AEW would be it's just i, it's, I think it's just what he deserves yeah <laughs> you know um please please uh so yeah i'll go with kings of wrestling because i also really like chris hero and i think it's a shame that he that even in nxt we sort of recognizes the the amazing work that people have done on the indies yeah just chris hero just like even him crashing and burning twice in nxt is just sad. Ugh, very sad uh chris says with nxt being positioned as the third brand and not just developmental now who do you think should be traded from smackdown for matt riddle and who from raw for dijak um, I mean, well, I mean, NXT is clearly still the developmental brand because no one is being traded to that to them. Um, yeah, Bala, it, yeah. well, I don't think that quite like Bala wasn't traded to uh, Raw, he just went there, <laughs> yes, um, that's true. And Charlotte is just you know, she's everywhere at the moment. So, like, I think I think the NXT being positioned as a third brand is very much lip service because it's still very much developmental, um, as much as I think it should be the third brand. 
it's not it's not it, it's amazing to think that like, nxt is not on the same level as ecw in 2009 where like main roster stars were actually traded to uh to ecw um 2007 rather but uh who would i like to see from i mean i'd love to see cesaro go back to nxt because his nxt matches were just amazing and like he can go there and just do that indie style that he loves doing um yeah so i'd love to see i'd love to see cesaro go or or brian for that matter bloody hell zane yeah how like <laughs> send him back uh I'd, I'd love to see a heel sammy Zayn being just like this is the house that sammy Zayn built i was the greatest you know blah 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 and just have him tear it up down there as like this reinvigorated heel champ i think that'll be so great please <laughs> uh joe mccormick says hey guys thank you so much for the content you've been doing uh you've been putting out during all of this I was reminded today by a friend that this week two years ago i attended my first ott show um it was a great show and i still remember it well i was just wondering what was your first independent wrestling experience and have any of you of any of those guys on the show become big stars overseas thanks my first independent wrestling show was um god it, it wasn't wcpw it couldn't have been um you go because i need to think because i think uh, it I, might because my first live show was in 20 uh, the first live wrestling show i went to i think was in 2013 i just had to quickly double check the name of it yes it was varsity pro wrestling was the first, vpw was my first independent show that i went to uh I, I was there for when they crowned their first vpw champion which was sean davari um uh that was they did a show in palm uh, in portsmouth i wanted it to be my boy jake mccluskey um so yeah i think that that i think that was probably my first independent show that i went to but there was no like billy gunn was supposed to be on the show uh but he couldn't make it bob holly was on one of the shows though um they did like a lot of stuff in like uh, local gyms where you know like 10 people are there very very small stuff yeah so i because i'd when I was growing up in Jersey, there wasn't any pro wrestling there, but there is now. There's Channel Island. Uh, what's it called? Jersey's pro wrestling scene is really, really fun. It's uh, it's, it's very Butland. It's very much kind of like family friendly, but it's it's Love really, it. really sweet. Channel Love Channel. that. Love um, Butland. I've, I've been to see wrestling at Butland a couple of times, and it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, Channel Island's World Wrestling. Uh, C-I-W-W. Um check them out they are great and also yeah I, oh God, but so I, there wasn't any gr there and i didn't see anything at progress when i moved to london after uni so gosh maybe it would be maybe it would be um wcpw was my first proper indie show that i attended oh that, that makes me quite sad because indie shows are great uh, Pratik says, uh, assuming CM Punk and Daniel Bryan did not go through the problems they face, and if they've both uh, been wrestling now, do you think they could have been bigger stars? Could either of them have become the face of the company, or would WWE still have gone ahead with Roman Reigns? They would have still gone ahead with Roman Reigns. Like, yes. Punk, even when Punk was feuding with the Shield, like Punk tells the story, when he was feuding with the Shield, even though he was beating them, he had to make Reigns look strong. And his argument was, well, then just have him beat me. <laughs> uh, same with like Daniel Bryan, like he he won the top belt, but plan always was put it on Brock, then put it on Roman. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Campbell says with the Slammiversary tease, did you see the tease that they put out? Uh, Impact uh, yes, all of the released stars. 
Yes. Uh, who would you like to see debut or make their return? And what matches do you want to see? I could easily see uh, Brian Mears and Eric Young fit easily in the X Division and face off against guys like Chris Bay, Ace Austin and Willie Mack. Even if it's a short stint, Gallus and Anderson could have fantastic matches against teams like the Radicals, the North and TJP Falabar. Um, I think if Eric Young went back to Impact, which I certainly could see being the case, he's going straight into the main event picture. I think that he is an Impact boy uh, and I think they would have him as more of a, a bigger star than, than not not to put down the X Division, but I think they would see him as a main event guy as opposed to sitting in the X Division. Um, and yeah, I mean, Meltzer kind of wrote about this in The Observer this week saying that uh, Gallows and Anderson most likely are New Japan bound, but there's nothing going on with New Japan at the moment. So they could have a short stint in, in Impact for a bit. I think uh, an EC3 Tessa Blanchard feud would be really great. Just he comes back and being just like, what the hell's happened here since I've been gone? Uh, you know, just like be a really obnoxious, back to his really obnoxious heel days. Particularly uh, if he brings back Dixie Carter with him as well. Oh, <laughs> brings back his aunt. That would be amazing. Uh, Riddle Me This, Matthew, says, Hey guys, new Patreon here. Been listening for quite a while and finally decided to become a pledge hammer. First off, I live in Las Vegas and I'm seated in the Luke section. Bro, bro, bro. Just wanted to ask, what is your favorite Samoa Joe promo? Doesn't have to be a WWE one, but mine is when he told Paul Heyman he's going to choke him out and then choked him out. Um, there was the one, what was the promo that got him massively over with Brock? Um, it was one where he just like, promo, wasn't it? I think it, it was, was that one where he yeah, says, just, it, Hey, look at me. And it was, just like, Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, I think that might have been a different one, there, but it was in that same fuse. But it was when he just like off mic was just shouting at Paul Heyman, just being like, I'm going to choke you out now. And this is a message to Brock Lesnar. I want you to tell him what this feels like. And then he just <laughs> choked out Paul Heyman. And it was all off mic. It was badass. Um, I mean, I, I do have a soft spot for Wendy. <laughs> Wendy. Um he's he's done some really great stuff. Like I I unfortunately haven't seen much of his much of his TNA run uh or or his ROH run. Uh but those are those are kind of wrestling artifacts I do want to go and kind of revisit, especially his feud with with uh, with Brian, which mm. I suppose as I've heard is just on a different level. But yeah, his um his his WWE stuff is yeah, he's 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 got the the best intensity. Uh, I, I I after we finish watching this, uh, doing this, I'm gonna go back and watch that Paul Heyman promo because <laughs> that's so cool. I'd also recommend, and you can probably find it on YouTube, I'd imagine. But the, his first promo he did in NXT when he debuted at Unstoppable, um, the show kind of went off the air, and then he did a it was like a dark match promo thing, and it's absolutely amazing. Like, and the crowd treated him like he was a like a god. So it's a it's a really really great promo from him. Um, Christian Baltimore Ooh, said, "What, what was the what was the promo? I think it was a contract signing that he did, where he just walked he walked down to the ring, signed the contract, and then immediately got out of the ring and walked away again. Was that him or was that Kevin Owens? I can't remember to be honest. I think it was him. Ah, oh, so cool." Christian Baltimore says, my first message to the mailbag as a new Patreon member. Watching AEW and seeing Matt Hardy with Private Party was a perfect match for me. Hardy getting older and not being able to wrestle as much, him as a manager for them would be amazing. Along the way, he can help them master the art of tag team wrestling and cut promos for them. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, Private Party with um, Team Extreme era Matt. I'm also hoping they're going to do some fun comedy about this because Matt Hardy has got this split personality uh, thing going on in AEW. So Team Extreme Matt is now sort of helping out Private Party. But that doesn't mean that Broken Matt Hardy is. 
So I'd like to see Private Party approaching broken Matt Hardy being like, hey, so can we talk about tag team wrestling? He's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> oh, I would love it if he, if every single iteration of Matt Hardy is managing a different <laughs> team. And then eventually there comes the the match um, where, yeah, two of Matt Hardy's teams that he's managing are fighting each other. And he basically has to sort of teleport between the two. <laughs> and they could do that with camera trickery. It reminds me of this phenomenal match from OTT. Um, do you remember it? Which is I, I, I think it's um, Angel Cruz and uh, and someone else and Tyler Bate versus British Strong Style with Tyler Bate in it. It's a six. <laughs> it's a six man tag, and Tyler Bate is on both teams. Amazing! I haven't seen it's, that. It's so oh, it's one of the great like comedy matches of all time uh there's one bit where angel cruz just goes under the ring and comes back with an axe and just starts chasing people around it's it's 25 minutes of sheer madness it's really really good a uh, great question here from alex kirkman favorite royal rumble matches uh mine's 92 and 98 oh it's 2001 uh, always I was going to say 2001 is an absolutely banging, banging rumble. Like even, I know a lot of people dog on it, but the Drew Carey spot is so funny. Like it's, there's a, there's a brief period of time. It's right at the start where you have Drew Carey coming in and you have the honky tonk man. And there's just so much good stuff around that. The honky tonk man in that rumble, Jerry Lawless singing along with the honky tonk man theme is so funny. It's yeah. a hot time, man. <laughs> singing for his cousin <laughs> uh it's perfectly timed as well the every the song ending with kane grabbing the guitar and smashing him over the head the song cutting out the the pop like it's perfectly timed yeah uh, so many like beautiful spots uh 2002 also really really great maven eliminating the undertaker and then getting trucked for it is like wonderful um I actually watched that just the other day the 2002 rumble it's really um, good. Yeah, it is really good. I for, for whatever reason is like I was doing some work and I was like, I'm just going to watch from Vengeance 2001 onwards. Um, I didn't get very far. I got to no way out. Um, but yeah, that 2002 Rumble is really, really strong. It's actually got yeah. a really good opening tag match as well between um, Spike Dudley and Taz versus the Dudley Boys. Oh um, yeah. yeah. Well, 2001. If you're talking about opening tag team matches, um, Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys at Raw Rumble 2001 is one of the greatest it's still one of the greatest tag matches i've ever seen and maybe there's nostalgia glasses in there but it's it's perfectly booked and everyone's over it's so great uh and he also asked what happened to no way jose on quizzle mania uh it was just it was scheduling issues unfortunately yeah afraid so uh, Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says, seeing as we, uh, as wrestling fans, always speculate about WWE stars going to AEW, do you guys see the opposite happening in AEW stars jumping to WWE? And if so, who? Funny enough, we had this question like right at the start of AEW's launch, and me and Ollie both said, Wardlow. Like, Wardlow is the first guy to jump across. He's exactly what Vince McMahon likes. He's a big, beefy boy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's, I, I mean, for my money on this, and perhaps this is some, some AEW bias shining through and that Tony Khan money just, you know, paying for my mortgage. Um, but uh, like, it feels like the AEW guys are so loyal to them currently as it is anyway. Like an MJF would fit wonderfully in the WWE style, but he seems like, you know, incredibly loyal to, to AEW and for them giving him the, the opportunity. He signed a multi-year deal with them. So I can't see it happening. Maybe no. that will change in five years' time, but who knows? It's such an it's, it's such an idea. 
it's like it's this the, the idea of the of being the competition to wwe i think i just just judging from like how happy everyone appears to be even at ringside watching the shows i think that there's like there's an ethos behind the company which i think will breed real loyalty um i mean obviously like you know money money talks louder than a lot of things um i and probably like maybe in a few years you could see it but i think right now it's just like it, it like they they it's almost viewed like as a sort of movement right like as as a, a, a kind of we have to be the alternative like there has to be an alternative uh in order to make wrestling better uh jobber jj says uh, my question is about keith lee and why he's becoming a big show or a braun Strowman. vince mcmahon did something with him twice and triple h hasn't really done anything with him should he go to raw or smackdown wait triple h hasn't done anything with keith lee I'm I'm guessing Jobber JJ is suggesting that he's not NXT champion, and I mean I I think that he's like for the last year or so he's been getting a great run uh, in NXT. Hmm. Yeah, he's 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 over and he's a champion, and by all like I think everyone's got him pegged to be the next NXT champion. Uh, they're just they're just taking they've taken the nice slow route of him just getting over and over and over and ha by having one great match after another until everyone is chomping at the bit to see him win the big one. He's going to have an amazing match this weekend against Gargano. Good. Oh, crap. I cannot wait. Ashleen mm. mm. uh, uh, says, uh, I'm still very new to things that are related to wrestling. So apologies in advance. If my question, it sounds silly. I'm a big lover of all things horror. And I loved the fun house match with John Cena in the fiend. It reminded me a lot of the don't hug me. I'm scared series on YouTube. Uh, I really enjoyed all the supernatural side of characters in wrestling. So I was wondering, is there any specific type of character that you enjoy more than others? P.S. I laughed a lot when Ollie found it hard to believe. So this is um, so for, if you're not a podcast listener, Ashleen emailed in uh, just recently about meeting Dylan from Cork, who was one of our pledgehammers, uh, that he was in a pub wearing a Balor Club t-shirt. And she had no idea who Finn Balor was or what wrestling was, but she was really into Irish mythology. And obviously Balor is part of Irish. So she approached him to ask about the Balor Club t-shirt, thinking it was about Irish mythology. Turns out it was about, uh, you know, Finn Balor. Ollie refused to believe that was a story. He was like, no woman in this world is approaching a man at a pub who is wearing a wrestling t-shirt. These things don't happen. As uh, <laughs> she said, I laughed a lot when Ollie found it hard to believe that I approached a guy in a wrestling t-shirt in the pub. Uh, admittedly, if I'd known it was a ballet club had nothing to do with Irish mythology, I don't think I would have cared half as much as I did. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. So are there any uh, sort of uh, character types that you sort of gravitate more towards? Yeah, I, I I'm the same. I really like silly, um, silly, silly character, silly gimmicks taken seriously. I guess where they have powers and they know how to use them. I like Kane is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Uh, I really liked kind of like proper spooky, silly nonsense Undertaker. You know, making blood rain from the ceiling and um, you know teleporting Orton and and projecting like Orton and his dad in a coffin and stuff like I really dig it that that stuff is really really fun because yeah I'm I'm a huge fan of of kind of b-movie horror like uh creep show and really like high camp 
um silly horror and seeing that in my wrestling is is really really great and uh, i also like it when wrestling can actually unnerve me uh the fiend has unnerved me in in like irl like watching his SummerSlam entrance when the when the head lantern comes out for the first time got a little bit of a chill i i i love that kind of thing yeah the fiend is the fiend's everything to me right now um but also like i generally like any character that kind of understands how wrestling works sort Mm -hmm. of and and their and their place in it like i don't like just like wrestlers who shoot all the time but i do like kevin owens like self-aware characters who understand wrestling tropes uh and like cm punk who says like look are we supposed are we going to fight now is that what we're going to do you know we could do that or we could you know like i people who are able to just walk that line between kind of pulling back the curtain and not knowing when to be playful and like self-referential but also knowing when to be serious like though like that and supernatural those are my two kind of favorite types of wrestler yeah i don't think i can put a a finger on the sort of i mean the badass trope i guess because i'm thinking of like who my favorite guys are at the moment and it's people like you know it's moxley it's hangman page it's darby allen the, the sort of guys that I grabbed to is like Drew McIntyre, the guys I sort of grabbed to is you just carry themselves like absolute stars and they're badasses. And, and I have the same thing with Austin and Rock back in the day. So I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if that's my character type because I also like the goofy side of things. Like, I really liked Supernatural Undertaker. Kane was my one of my favorites. I loved, mm-hmm. he was just so, he just looked cool. Like, particularly when he was Vest Kane. Vest Kane is Vest Kane. Um, and he just looked like an absolute tank of a man. Uh-huh. Uh, Josh says, um, obviously everything could change and likely will change after TakeOver, but for now, do you guys think Charlotte being used this much is damaging her career? I get the roster is limited right now, but this has almost seen the levels of overexposed. Uh, overexposed. People are going to turn on her even more, in my opinion. It won't matter to WWE as we saw this with Roman, and it's still worth pointing out. Yeah, hundred percent. I was really, really behind Charlotte winning the uh, the NXT Championship. Really behind it. To the, you know, the the most controversial opinion I had of, of WrestleMania weekend, apparently, according to my mentions. Um, <laughs> it was. I thought it was really because I yeah I thought oh they're going to put her on NXT. We're going to going to see Charlotte once a week. Uh, she's going to have great matches with Io Shirai and all the other people who are down there. Uh, but no, no, she's been on Raw and she's been on three shows every week for the past month. Uh, it's it's pretty insane. Like it's it, it's a it's almost feels like a parody of John Cena. It doesn't help as well when you've got the commentators calling her the hardest working woman in, in sports and things like that. It, it, that. That's when it really starts to grate on you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Connor going, there's a second part to this question that I will try and rush you through because we uh, haven't got a lot of time left. But Connor says, uh, a huge congratulations to Rest Talk for raising over $7,000 for Karma this week. It was lovely to hear the team talking so openly on Monday night, sharing your own experiences and spreading the love. Watching Ollie struggle to cope with the sincerity as well as uh, as well was a joy in of itself. Uh, so this is the second part, Adam, and you'll see why I'm going to try and curb you on this. Secondly, hearing Adam talking about the new board game, The Crew, last week got me excited for physical game nights all over again. In lieu of the above, 
I'm hosting a virtual games call for my birthday on Sunday, and I was wondering what games have you guys found that work best, particularly for large groups, in a virtual online setup? I'm even thinking daft party games like someone, uh, somebody names a household object, first person to bring, bong, uh, bring one back wins. Any ideas? Cheers. Uh, so a game called Wavelength is really, really good. Don't know if you'll be able to get it in time. If you're looking for games that would be able to prepare for Sunday, I know that we're running out of time, so I am just going to give you one. Um, Dobbins and Bobbins is my favorite party game for large groups. Uh, so what you do very, very simply is you go online uh, to a list of like horses, like, you know, horses that ran uh, or just like looking at like past Kentucky Derbies or past Grand Nationals and find five ridiculous horse names but the, which are real and then you just get everyone else to privately message you five fake horse names that they've come up with and then you simply run five races and you read out everyone's horse names and people have got to guess which horse is the actual real horse and if someone gets their horse guessed by someone else they get a bonus point you get three points if you manage to find the right horse it's basically what we do for roster imposter uh, in Quizzlemania. Uh, and for large groups in a, a game that is not only free but is actually works best in a virtual setting uh, you can't do better than Dobbins and Bobbins. Was that quick enough for you, Luke? That was absolutely perfect, mate. I'm going to also add to that. There is an online version that you can play uh, of One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Mm. Uh, and it's all just done through your phone. You don't need, you need to download an app or anything. It's just a, a browser-based thing. And it works really, really well. My friends and I have played it quite a few times now uh, over Google Hangouts. And it's, yeah, it works really, really well, particularly if you know the game. Um, Alex Storm says, for the sake of Luke's wife, he should take next week, off, next week off to spend a night with her and in classic WWE style, crown an interim champion for him to face the following week. Problem is, uh, according to recent news, uh, El Hio de Fantasma is not an interim champion. He's the cruiserweight champion because they've just, just kind of stripped Jordan Devlin of it, apparently. Oh, really? Uh, well, so there's conflicting reports. So um, there's a reports coming in that, yeah, they're basically, they're just gonna, because the travel ban is taking a lot longer than anyone thought, that they're just gonna go with Phantasma. Um, because, yeah, Jordan, and like keep Jordan Devlin off TV for a little bit. Um, but Jordan Devlin is still on WWE.com. Uh, there, there's conflicting reports. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think it would be a total heel move for uh, your Quizzlemania champion to uh, to take a, a night off to spend time with the woman who he's been spending nothing but time with for let's be real for the past two months I mean who else have you been seeing Luke exactly <laughs> well as I was saying on the call yesterday like I don't think my wife would be quite as bothered about me doing Quizzlemania every Wednesday it's just that I always do D&D &D on the Tuesday and I do my own podcast on the Thursday. So there's actually like this three-day chunk where I'm just not seeing her of an evening. I just come and hide in my office for a bit. Priorities, Luke. What means the most to you? Your Quizzlemania <laughs> trophy, uh, a bunch of dorks laughing over the over telecoms, or um, what was the third one? Oh, my up your podcast. No, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. refund your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, Ryan B. Bad has got a, a bit of a theory here. Said, I was re-watching both the videos of Tully and Sean today, and uh, Tully simply saying that the search that the search for Spears was over. He didn't say anything about fi not finding a partner or anything like that, so I have a theory. 
I don't know the contract status of Bo Dallas other than his Wikipedia page saying he's with WWE. I think Tully may have found Sean a partner in Bo Dallas because two of the three men who wear the black, uh, make the black glove famous, Blackjack Mulligan and Wyndham, are both related to Bo. And he was even wearing a black glove during his Miztourage days. Do you think Tully might have found a partner for, uh, for Spears in the form of Bo Dallas, depending on his contract status? I'm pretty sure he's still with the company, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe he was uh, secretly released, but I don't know. Uh, that certainly wasn't. I don't think that came out. Um, Curtis Axel was, though. And uh, lastly, RLT Sandwich says, Hey, guys, Luke, you mentioned on the AEW podcast that you're re-watching the American Pie movies. It's one of my favorite comedy franchises. Have you seen all eight films? Which is your favorite? Which is your least favorite? Personally, mine is American Pie 2. My least favorite is The Abomination, The Book of Love. I haven't actually seen any of the director DVD. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a purely canon guy of uh, of one through reunion. Um, They're so, all uh, canon, aren't they? Like one of them's like Stifler's son or something weird like know. that. Jim, I know Jim's dad's in one of them, but like I've I've heard nothing but bad things about the straight to DVD. Maybe like maybe I will watch them just for out of curiosity because I've one never them, seen them. One of them's called The Naked Mile. Yes. I know that. I haven't seen it though um but uh, <laughs> but uh, i mean of of main canon um I, you know, I think the first one really holds up it's so funny like for you know for a film that came out in 1999 it was i was 13 when the film came out so it was just like perfect timing for me um i've actually also fun fact for you watched that film with my parents um, i generally thought you were gonna say i've actually fun fact for you made love to a pie <laughs> yeah no worse i've watched that film with my parents it was mad awkward um, how, you, how could you is that before you knew what it was no no no. it was well after um but I, I just wanted to watch the movie and i didn't really just consider it at the time but then it yeah just got particularly during the uh the gym stripping sequences when it got really awkward i can't i can't watch uh, a film with a sex scene in it with my parents still i'm a 31 year old man i'm a 30 no I'm a 32 year old man. Um, <laughs> oh God! Uh, but like I, yeah, you know, I remember like, oh, what, should, what should we watch? And I always, I always hate it when I pick a film that I've forgotten there's a sex scene in, because uh, my parents don't really know much about films, so they they rely. Whenever I go home, they rely on me to kind of come up with a film to watch. And I was like, let's watch the original Terminator. That's a cool. <laughs> that's a cool film. Uh, well, yeah, Terminator is great, but there is also a big sex scene in it with Linda Hamilton and and the guy playing. I want to want to say what's his name? John my, my, Michael Bean. Michael Be- is his, is his name really Bean? Yeah, it, but it's, it's like it's like B I E H N. I I just never I never heard it actually pronounced out loud. Michael Bean. <laughs> it's probably it's probably pronounced something else. Someone can correct me. But I've always ever called I've always called him Michael Bean. Mickey um, Bean. Mickey Bean. Um, I actually like I laugh out loud every time I watch the American Pie movies, but for whatever reason, it caught me off guard this time. The scene in which he, uh, Jim's dad is giving uh, Jim the, uh, the the adult magazines, he uh, he knocks on the door, and then Jim spends a while sort of like you know, moving stuff around and adjusting himself before he says, "Please come in." And his dad opens the door, and goes, "Oh, Jim, you're here." And it was, <laughs> I uh, Jim's dad is so good. It's like you know, I want to talk to you about masturbation. Um, but yeah, so. Go watch American Pie. It still holds up. It's great. But that is all we've got time for on this show. I I took away your time to talk about board games so I could talk about American Pie. Ha ha. I, I, I won't. I won't forget it. <laughs> I won't forget it.
I mean, we, we have got an email to read out here that comes in from Dave, who says, uh, Luke, Pete and the boys, uh, as I've been on furlough now for 10 weeks, I've been watching my favorite pay-per-views from 2000 to 2001, which is where I really got into wrestling after the amazing Royal Rumble 2000, um, where, uh, being naive, I assumed Cactus Jack was the heel. My question is, I've heard about 95 to 99 WWE and wondered if you could recommend any matches outside of WrestleMania. I've recently re-watched, uh, I've recently watched Mankind versus The Rock from Rumble 99 and Taker versus Mankind from Helen, uh, the, from King of the Ring. Would appreciate any thoughts. Thank you for keeping me busy with your amazing content and additional lockdown bonuses. About to start the amazing 2000 uh, Invasion podcast in this difficult time. Thanks, Dave. Oh, you're a brave man to get through Royal Rumble 99. That match is hard to watch now. Yes, it is, yeah. Um, from 99, difficult year. Um, but I mean, Backlash 99 is fantastic. Um, was it was it King of the Ring '99, or was that night uh, with um, Stone Cold versus the McMahon's in a, yeah. in a handicap that... ladder match for the control of the company? Yeah, who, raised, mean... who raised the thing? It was Bossman. It was it was revealed as Bossman the following night. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's it's legit not a wrestling mystery people really pretend it is and it's not they literally say who did it i i remember doing that one for a list like a while back yeah i, I no, it's not um basically who 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 did it and then out walks the big boss man and reunites <laughs> with the corporation yeah yeah no i yeah but I think there's some like from '95, like pre '99. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Mankind, uh, from Mind Games, I think it is from the In Your House. Like that's a great match that you should probably check out. Um, there's also some fun stuff from '97, like Bret Hart's uh, sort of his first heel run. You know, like his match with Austin, and then the stuff that comes off after that. Some really good, decent stuff in there. Also, 100% check out um, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker's Hell in a Cell match from. Uh, Bad Blood 97. That guy, that match is incredible. Uh, Canadian Stampede, if you haven't seen it, Canadian Stampede yeah. is unbelievably good. Like one of the one of the most famous kind of B shows ever. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of like hot crowd. Like if you like Money in the Bank to 2011, that kind of vibe, Canadian Stampede all the way. But I mean, importantly, let's let's talk about Darkwing Duck. So um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, talk to me, man. Darkwing Duck uh he's got the the greatest um he's got the greatest cadre of villains ever uh the liquidator who is a business dog who is made of water <laughs> so amazing um he has uh what's his name negaduck from the negaverse mm -hmm. um who is like the yeah the evil evil version of him um i i think his name is megavolt um who is basically just an electro uh, ripoff? Uh, Taurus Bulba, Taurus Bulba, <laughs> who is Tim Curry? Um, he was like the first villain, and then he come, like he goes away and he comes back as like Mecha Bulba <laughs> or something. Um, no, it's it, it's incredible. For those of you who haven't seen it, it is uh, it's essentially um, the Ducktales loving pastiche of Batman, uh, where um, his name is. I do know his name. Uh, he, so he lives in the city of St. Canard and it is uh, Drake. I want to say Drake Conrad. Hang on a second. Darkwing Duck. Oh, this, is, this is shaming me. It's, um, I'm going to let you stew on this for the moment. No. So Darkwing Duck is his main character is Drake Mallard. 
Damn it. Drake Maverick pushed Drake Mallard out of my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, love me some Darkwing Duck. I'm actually going to start. I'm going to watch some of that today, actually. As I've, we were saying before we started recording this that I've uh, been watching the 2017 reboot of uh, DuckTales, which Darkwing Duck does feature in. Uh, I think he returns in uh, The Duck Knight Returns and um, still voiced by Jim Cummings which is uh, really, really fun. So I'm looking forward to getting to that because like the, the first series I'm watching of DuckTales at the moment has got a lot of like, you know, in episode four or five, they tease Gizmo Duck coming in. And then we've just had like Magicka Dispel um, being effectively saying like, she is going to be the big bad of, of series one. Uh, Launchpad's amazing in it as well. Um, I'm a pilot. I, I just <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I, I don't know if I, we were talking about this yesterday in the uh, the clip section of our Discord, but the guy who rebooted the 2017 DuckTales, have you ever heard about his other pitch he had to Disney? No. So Disney are always looking for a rebooted version of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Mm-hmm. So love the, Chippendale. Absolutely, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So he pitched his idea for it in which that... Um, chip is a massive fan of like you know mysteries and and stuff like that particularly history mysteries from the past and through sort of like research and stuff they find i'm gonna have to get up the name now bear with me one second Uh, also just while you're looking that up uh darkwing duck occasionally works freelance for shush (laughs) which is a parody of shield this is really really good so, uh, and through like, you know, their, their research stuff, they find an older version of Bernard from The Rescuers. Um, oh, wow. And through that, they then find about a mystery that is being told over three different time periods with Chip and Dale uh, as the rescue rangers in the present day, Miss Bianca from The Rescuers in the 1980s solving the same uh, mystery. And Basil the Great Mouse detective <gasps> saving the same thing in the 1800s. Uh, it just sounds absolutely amazing. But apparently, Disney turned it down. That that was not the vision. That was not the version of Chip and Dale they wanted. Oh my god! I can't think of anything I want to see more than that. Basil, I know. The, Gra- Basil the Great Mouse detective is one of my favorite uh, Disney movies. Um, that's Ratigan. Oh, the uh, world's greatest rat, and then that's that that slow where he just very slowly feeds the mouse to the cat. Uh, or the bit where they're in the trap, and he says, We'll let the trap, we'll let the trap off now, and then it's fine, everyone. Oh, it's oh, I'm gonna go. Okay, that's what I'm going to do today. I'm gonna watch Basil Great Mouse Detective. Once you do, um check out the the water cartoon uh podcast feed because they so they're one of their ten dollar levels is they do like they call water cartoon movie where they review a movie for like four hours and they really do deep dive into the history of it um but they also like release like a 40 minute free version like a tease of it in their feed they've got uh basil the great mass detective where for 40 minutes they just talk about the insane making of and like all the budget cuts that they went through and it is absolutely, it's fascinating to listen to. So I recommend also listening to that once you've watched, uh, re-watched Basil the Great Mouse Detective, which I think is like an hour and 10 minutes long. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a tiny movie. It's a tiny movie. Uh, and also if you're going through that, mate, Goofy movie. Gotta re-watch a Goofy movie. It's so good. Makes me cry every time I see it. It's amazing. It's like, it's that that's the one where they go camping and then it's it, 
what what happened to it's, it's because is max, he divorced or is or is he a widower well it's they never they never really say they never really say uh, what happened to max's mom but it's uh yeah uh goofy is worried that max is becoming uh a, a delinquent so uh he wants to have a father-son bonding camping trip but max wants to go see Powerline in concert um so uh it, it's it, it's just brilliant and it, it's it's a wonderful father-son storyline the music from Powerline is incredible and it's an amazing movie and it's probably it's about a it's like i don't know uh, to say it's you know a feature length movie is a stretch i think it's only about 72 minutes long but well recommended so my question to you is when Tom, our wonderful GM from No Rolls Bard, uh, you know, calls you to work out uh, like your characters for uh, the upcoming series, how how long do those conversations take? Because you are both encyclopedias of cartoon pop culture knowledge. The last time when we when he called me up to talk about the character for uh, the cowboy version of No Rolls Bard, we just talked about video game movies and the making of them for, I would say, half an hour. And then briefly, he was like, so what character do you want to do? And I was like, well, I love Back to the Future 3. I'm going to be Mad Dog Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, priorities priorities in order there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, so can very much recommend checking out the 2017 reboot of DuckTales. It's so, so good. Love it, love it, love it. Um, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for on this show. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Pete and Andy will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. And then on Monday, it's a bonus podcast because uh, I don't know what the lineup is going to be, but there is going to be a review of NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, and then we'll have the usual Raw, uh, SmackDown, AEW and NXT reviews the following week. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.